This is Monstras. Everyone and welcome to our very special mini of Monstras, where we'll be talking about the movie, your favorite movie, the Chupacabra versus the Alamo. And is it, Orquidea, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the Chupacabras or is it the Chupacabra? It's singular, the Chupacabra. Oh, okay. Got it. We should know the cool. title of the movie we're reviewing. Huh? I know we should know the title of the movie we're reviewing. Yeah, that would be that would be good. But I think I think it's Chupacabra. We just it just goes back and forth, and there's multiple Chupacabras. I, I, we'll talk about it. There's multiple Chupacabras, so it's hard to remember which one it is. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. There's just uh, there's a lot in this movie that I just hate. Oh There's a lot of in this movie. I didn't, I didn't like completely hate it, but there was parts where I was just like, oof, 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 not good. <laughs> well, before we get into that, though, we did want to say we loved uh, doing the review for the Curse of La Llorona so much. That's why we're doing these now. So we're gonna do like mini sods that are all reviews, and inspired by the last podcast, we decided to do Chupacabras. So I think that would be fun, though, right? We keep picking movies that are related to the monsters and stories that we're talking about. Um, but let us know in the comments if that's something y'all would be interested in. Yes, and if you have any suggestions for po- possible like future movies that we should check out, please let us know uh, in the in the comments or review section. Just let us know. And let us know if you like these at all, because we like hearing feedback from folks. So, quick warning before we get into it. uh, There will be spoilers, so if you have not watched the movie, please be warned as usual. We will be going kind of scene by scene, by major scene, uh, through the movie. So if you haven't watched it, it is free somewhere on YouTube. That's how we watched it. And, uh, except that version doesn't have any uh what was it it didn't have the ending it didn't have like the last five minutes yeah and oh I, my god i included this at the end of our script but it is interesting that you know i felt i have i have hulu i have youtube tv i have netflix i have shutter and amazon prime and this movie's not available on any of them wow so, really yeah yeah wow because i thought I don't even have that many subscriptions. Like I have uh, Hulu, I have Netflix, I have all this other stuff. But, and so, yes, I was surprised. You know, you look it up and it says where to stream. There was nowhere to stream it. Yeah, I was really, really surprised because it's such a ridiculous movie. You'd think sci-fi would want it out there. Yeah, I guess they're ashamed of it. Yeah, they probably want you to buy the DVD because I was like, I am not shelling out $6 for this DVD <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Fuck you. I'm not doing it. I might do that at some point because it would be fun to teach, but that's just me because I'm crazy. Wanna? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> no, no. So no. what do you know about like the production and like the backstory or the, the bones of this movie? Okay. Um, so... The Chupacabra versus the Alamo was released in 2013. It's a directed TV movie for the Sci-Fi Channel, which is why it's awesome and low budget. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Terry Ingram. Uh, Ingram has also directed a few directed TV movies, uh, like Just Add Romance, Valentine in the Vineyard, and Looks Like Christmas. Ooh, Ooh, all terrible movie sounding. All terrible sounds. I imagine like... these are like Lifetime movies. Yeah, they're, they're, they're exact titles for Lifetime movies. Yeah. He also directed a few episodes of R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. Do you remember that show? Did you ever watch it? I remember Goosebumps, the show, but I don't remember The Haunting Hour, no. It was really creepy. It was good. So it's it, looking at his list of directorial projects, it was interesting to see how varied it was. Oh, 
Oh, I didn't know that. And then the writer was Peter Sullivan, whose writing credits include The Dog Who Saved the Holidays, The Dog Who Saved Halloween, and The Dog Who Saved Christmas Vacation. I want to watch all of these. Oh, my God. These... He wrote a trilogy about a dog that saves things? That's amazing. <laughs> and the movie uh, stars Eric Estrada, the Eric Estrada, as DEA agent Carlos Seguin, and Julia Benson as his partner Tracy Taylor. So a little bit more about Eric Estrada, because he really steals the show. He's the He does. He does. He's the... very good in this. I wouldn't say good. He's just... He didn't hold back. I feel like he 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 kind of went for it, you know? Yeah. Which is ama- it was amazing to see him. He's a very well-known Latino actor. Uh he's of Puerto Rican descent. Perfect uh, yeah. for Chupacabra. Yes. Even though in this I think he's probably Mexican in the movie. Yeah, I think he's it's just they just lump all the Latinos and just like, "Oh, y'all the Latinos are Mexican, whatever." That's good enough, right? <laughs> I guess. So uh, Estrada was also on a few episodes of Hawaii Five O in the seventies, and then in seventy seven he played Frank Ponch Poncherello on Chips. So that was like his big role. But then the way I know him was from the nineties. He was in the novela Dos Mujeres Un Camino with Laura Leon and Didi Gaitan. That novela yes. is amazing. That novella, I love that novella. Yeah. That was one of my like big novelas that I watched with my mom when I was younger. And I remember that's the one scene that I remember from that novella is at the end, near the end of the, the series. There's two scenes. At the end of the series, there's that woman who you think is like, she can't walk anymore. Mm-hmm. And you find out that she can she can walk so she gets up from the from the wheelchair. Do you remember that moment? I don't remember it that well. Oh, my God, it was insane. Song. It was insane. I was just like, what is going on? So anyways, I love that scene. There's another scene, I think. Isn't that the one where Eric Estrada goes like he jumps over like in a motorcycle? He jumps over like a couple of different cars and dies or something. Yeah. No, I don't think he dies. Does He doesn't die. In Dos Mujeres Un Camino? Yeah, he doesn't die. Doesn't he explode? No, he might explode, but I don't think he dies. <laughs> Okay, well, whatever. A very, very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good novella. Researching this made me want to watch it again. So I was reading the plot summary, and was, they were. Talking... I don't even remember the plot. What was the plot? Well, it's him. He's married to Laura Leon, but then he cheats on her with Didi Gaitan, and so it's those mujeres, two women, and he has to pick a path between the two of them. That's it. That's right. That's that's right. But that's like 200 episodes. And then he episodes. explodes at the end. Huh? They made it into like 200 episodes. It was supposed to be like 100 and something run. And they made it into like over 200 episodes because it was so popular. It was so popular. I mean, I just remember. I remember him flying into the air and possibly exploding. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And then and then the girl getting up. I don't know if it was Laura, Le- Laura Leon or Bibi Gaitan who was like in the wheelchair, but she was like, I'm not, you know, I can walk. And she just gets up and you're like, what? <laughs> Anyways, it was crazy. So tell us the score on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. So Chupacabra versus Yalamo has a very respectable 12% audience score. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's your, that's your respectable score. Okay. It doesn't have any critics score because it does it, Direct like direct to TV doesn't. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's set in San Antonio, hence the Alamo, but it was filmed in British Columbia, which does not look anything like Texas. Uh, making this movie I... very interesting. The sets for this movie are a hodgepodge. Like I just, it was very confusing, and I don't know. It was it was weird. Like I could. If I didn't know it wasn't filmed in San Antonio, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. Because there were so many, like, they didn't really take any, um, I think they took footage from San Antonio and kind of, you know, put it, like, cut it up into in mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. But there was a lot of parts where you're just like, wait a minute, that's not the desert. San Antonio's you know? not a desert. 
It's not a desert? No. I thought all of Texas was just a giant desert. <laughs> you can't see my face because I'm sitting in the dark. I only see your glasses. I only see your glasses, so I can't see truly your, the disappointment on your face because you're just in the dark. You're missing out. In the closet. And it's just your it's just your face. Just your uh, so, <laughs> your glasses. Oh, I thought I thought for some reason I think, or I thought I've never been to Texas. Okay. Can you tell? No, not at all. Thinking it's all <laughs> desert. I figured it was all desert. No, San Antonio's like hill country almost. So it's really hilly, or it starts being really hilly, and there's a lot of greenery. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So let's go into a quick plot summary of the movie. So, uh, let's see. So as, as you know, in the title, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot about, it's, it's got chupacabras in it. And really it's about, um, how chupacabras have crossed or like a, a group or a pack of them, or like a mm-hmm. giant group of them have crossed into the U S through a tunnel and are attacking folks in San Antonio with uh with the major kind of pivotal battle of the movie taking place at the Alamo. So it's a really, really crazy, crazy movie. So let's actually get right into it. The opening. It opens with a man of Mexican descent, which I assume is a Mexican descent man, who knows? Uh he looks Latino. Uh, walking through a tunnel, like this very large, uh obviously man made tunnel. And so the YouTube version, again, starts kind of in an odd place. So I wasn't actually 100% sure if I had missed something. But really, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter for this movie. So we the place that it starts off with is, you know, this man's walking through this tunnel. He's pushing, like, a cart on an old train track. Probably full of candy or something. I don't know. I don't know why this man's in this tunnel. And he hears something up ahead. He's like, oh, shit. What is that noise? I, d- did you really think it was candy when you were watching it? Or was this just for the script? Because I cannot believe I'm just tired of stereotypes, Orquidia. I'm oh. tired of stereotypes. I was like, here's this Mexican man walking around this tunnel, minding his own goddamn business, right. first of all. Right. Own goddamn business. And what is he transporting? Oh, oh, supposedly it's drugs or guns. Mm-hmm. No, no, thank you. I am not getting into stereotypes. <laughs> it could be candy. It could be, you know, it could be dogs. It could be a pile of dogs. It could be puppies in there. Yeah. It could be puppies. You don't know. But why do we always assume that it's drugs? Right? It's a, t- it's a smuggler's tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know until I see that shit. All okay? Right. All right, you're a better person than I am, I guess. I was, I was like, oh, guns. All right. <laughs> so then we cut to, a ve- it, it, this was a very confusingly cut scene. Like, I wasn't sure what was going on. So we cut to a bunch of other men standing around a car, and they start screaming and shouting. One man is put, like, all of a sudden, one man is, like, pushed to the ground, and his neck is being bitten and, che- like, used for as a chew toy for this unknown mysterious creature, mm-hmm. which <laughs> we know what it is. Um, <laughs> we know what it is, but I'm sure they'll reveal its nature, you know, later. So whatever. Anyways, let's get into the next scene. So we, this is the scene where we introduce Eric Estrada. So we cut to Eric Estrada looking handsome. Um, again, it's my nostalgia talking from Dos Mujeres Un Camino. Sue me. Uh, and he looks, he looks like he's, he probably has had like surgery and like stuff, you know, done to his face. Cause he's not that, I don't know how old he is. Do you know how old he is? I don't know. Maybe in his sixties. Yeah. Cause he looks pretty good. Like he doesn't, he's not that wrinkly. It could also be the brown skin, but I'm like, Mm-mm. I think it ha- it's, it's, it's plastic surgery. Yeah, but it looks really natural. No, it does. That's why I was like, Oh, he looks really good. So. I was very impressed with his smooth skin. So we see uh, this in this scene. We see him. He's sleeping on in the bed, um, in his bed, with all the lights on for some horrible reason. I don't understand why. When he hears a noise at the front door, we see him wake up and then go for his gun. 
who sleeps with a gun. I guess it's Texas. <laughs> and he approaches the door cautiously. It's it's both. Everyone sleeps. These are stereotypes for Texas. It's a desert. Everyone sleeps next to guns. Yeah. Calling it now. One of those so, things is right. <laughs> Please let us know in the comments which one's right. <laughs> um. So there we see. So he goes up to the door, approaches really cautiously, holding his gun. And then he opens the door and there's his daughter. And his daughter is also with uh, her her friend. And this is why, again, you shouldn't have a gun because he almost shot his daughter. Yeah. He almost killed her. That would have been sad. So that would have been really sad. And then he'd have to kill the friend. See, at that point, you kill the daughter. Oh, shit. You got to kill the friend because she's a witness. Yeah, you got to be so. Thorough. It would have been a whole mess. Yeah. You have to be thorough. So obviously he's mad at her. He's like, oh, you should have been home, you know, earlier. It's curfew. And so he's, he, they get into the screaming fight and he grounds her. And she, and as she's walking away, I was very confused by this line. She goes, it's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like, what is that? What is that as an excuse? I loved it. I like if all the cool kids are going to be using it now. I'm like, Mom, it's Cinco de Mayo. I have to go out and party with my friends. Oh, my God. Honey, it's July. <laughs> it's Cinco de Mayo in my heart, okay? Oh, my God. It's just, it's nuts. Anyways, it was crazy. So, it looks to be, so this is relevant. It looks to be the middle of the night. And uh, in the middle of this, like, halfway through the argument, Eric Estrada gets a call, and he gets a call to come into work. And we find out, that's when we find out he's a cop. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they called him in the middle of the night, but either way, uh, we cut to him kind of like, you know, riding, getting up on his cool motorcycle. He has a cool shotgun holder at the back of the motorcycle, and he takes off uh, down the street, and which is clearly a fake background. Yeah, that was painful to watch. But also... So what I wrote was he is not wearing a helmet. This whole <gasps> he's a cop. He's a cop and he's not wearing a helmet. Do you okay, third stereotype of Texas. No helmets required for all that vehicles, is not right? A thing. That is not a thing. Stop. <laughs> so just keep a tally and let us know in the comments if it's a thing. Um <laughs> I also thought the scene was kind of a uh, shout out to his days on chips. Yeah, for sure. And be- because it's like it's that stereotypical like, oh, he's driving on this uh, road and the scene is clearly like the, the scene that's going by mm-hmm. to make it seem like he's actually, you know, moving is fake. Yeah. Like the background is fake. So I thought that was uh, that was funny. So we find out uh, in the next scene that Eric Estrada is heading towards the tunnel where this massacre occurred of, of uh, you know, candy smuggling Mexicans. So Estrada arrives on the scene and he starts to examine these dead bodies that are clearly like really messed up. They're not gunshots or anything. They, they look like bite wounds and like their throats have been like clawed out and chewed out. Yeah. We find out he meets his new partner named uh, Jace or Joyce. I wasn't sure. Joyce Taylor. I can't her remember name? her name, her first name. I just remember he kept calling her Tyler and all these different names, but it's Taylor. It's Taylor. So I couldn't hear her first name because she mumbled it. The actress mumbled it. She's like, I'm out to Taylor. And I was like, what? I do think. Did you just. I think one of the things oh, that right. I think happened is because of the version we were watching. It was a little sped up. It, oh my god okay so i thought i was crazy no it was spent so the version we watched on youtube was obviously a pirated version that was a little sped up so <laughs> um everything just happened a little bit too fast to be normal which made it extra weird anyway but that's why i think her it was so hard to understand what they were saying it made me wonder if i was crazy or not because Everything was so speed up, but it also made it more palatable of a movie to watch because everything was like times two speed, you know? And I was like, cool, I'll get through this quicker, (laughs) you know? And I appreciated that. So anyways, 
Uh, Taylor, you know, she's a young woman and with like 50 degrees of, uh, you know, just 50, uh, what is it? Like school degrees or something. She was, she starts listing them off to put Erica start in his place because he made her get her, he made her get him uh, a water bottle. Anyways, I guess the guys, (laughs) okay, fine. I guess the guys earlier were not carrying candy. Because we learned from Taylor that they were got they were carrying like ill gotten goods, yeah. which is still unclear. When is candy gonna be ill gotten goods? <laughs> when you steal them. Who steals candy? Unless you're stealing it from a baby, you don't do that. That's true. Fine, whatever. So I just like thinking that it's candy. Okay. So they had ill gotten goods, and that the guys that were killed were from this cartel called the Espinosa cartel, which I think I got that right, correct? Yeah, it's the Espinosa cartel, yeah. Okay, great. So we later also find out, or in the same scene, we actually find out that Eric Estrada's nickname is Jaguar, and that his wife died two years ago, and that he is a descendant of Juan Seguin, hero of the Alamo. So now we know why this movie got its name, right? Or why... Like, he's he's a direct descendant of the Alamo, so or of someone that fought at the animal. Yeah. Alamo. So they both walk into the creepy tunnels. So him and, him and Taylor decide to investigate the tunnel. So they walk in there, and they find a half-dead man who lived just long enough to tell them that the devil did it. It was Satan, you know? And they find a dead end strewn with bones or at least taylor does taylor kind of comes across a dead end strewn with bones and she starts taking pictures of this right but then she kind of within between the flashes of light she sees an animal you hear growling and then eric you know eric estrada shoots his shotgun and the creature ends up running away I don't know why it didn't end up running away earlier when the cartel basically unleashed shotguns into these creatures. Yeah. But whatever. They were hungry then. They weren't hungry now. I think that was the... the they ate all the candy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why that... I find that bothersome that you keep calling candy. Because it's not... <laughs> what if... Okay, here's a here's a here's a a solution. Okay. What if it's gummy, gummy candy in the shape of guns? I thought you were gonna say, what if it's like gummy pot or some shit, like edible? <laughs> it could be that. Yeah, that I would buy. Okay, fine. It's some sort of ill-gotten goods. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna still refer them as ill-gotten goods because they did not clarify what they were smuggling. So whatever candy all the tamarindo in the world <laughs> it's pretty good it is good uh as a quick aside uh we all know to remember the alamos that famous saying but what does it really mean but during the texas war of independence from mexico which was part of part of result from the mexican government encouraging americans to move to their territories so like texas was like really yeah barren land like nobody lived there and so Mexican government was like, all right, some people from the U.S. can come and live there. And next thing you know, they want Texas for themselves. Just, oh, yeah. that never happens. No. <laughs> but the History Alamo doesn't a, show. <laughs> the Alamo was a Franciscan mission where Texas soldiers were holding up. Uh, and then the Mexicans attacked the fort and there were more Mexicans than Texans. Uh, but the Texans were so strong, they were able to hold the fort for like 12 or 13 days before falling to the Mexicans. So that's what Remember the Alamo means, right? Like it's a battle that the Texans lost, but it's about their heroic nature and how they were able to stand up against the Mexicans, like barbaric Mexicans that outnumbered them. Wow. Yeah. So Remember the Those Alamo. barbaric Mexicans trying to defend their own land. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways, thank you for the recap because I was thinking about this in the in the um during the movie. I was like, oh, you know what? 
I don't know that much about Texas. I do know, but I do know the famous saying, you know, remember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Did you look up what, who Juan or who Juan Seguin or that guy, that dude was? <laughs> yeah, so Juan Seguin was Mexican-American, Mexican-Texan, and he fought on the side of the Texans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a town where I did my undergrad right next door to it that's called Seguin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. He's uh, sounds like he was a cool guy. And then, so let's go into the next scene then. When they were in the tunnel, there was a cop in there uh, that was kind of like he had a really good rapport with, uh, he, he looked like he was really good friends with Eric Estrada. He's the one who called him Panther. Yeah. So Panther he spots, oh, Jaguar, sorry, my bad. <laughs> he was Jaguar. I can't remember. It's one of the, or the other. <laughs> It doesn't matter. So then the other cop spots a chupagabra. So he, he runs off out of the tunnel and he's kind of like using the dog to kind of like the dog, I guess, caught a scent or something and mm-hmm. is following the scent. And when he reaches the dog, he hears the dog, dog or before he reaches the dog, he hears it yelp. He runs down this hill that he's on and only to see a chupacabra, a CGI chupacabra, like the worst chupacabra I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> murder his dog Mm -hmm. and so he's like oh no my dog which any dog owner would do he ran down the hill tried to like shoot the chupacabra and the chupacabra is and then there's more chupacabras Mm -hmm. like a ton descend upon him and eat him alive which i made a note here that i said that it doesn't make any sense because chupacabras aren't supposed to hunt this way like, this doesn't make any sense in, in terms of the folklore yeah. of how the chupacabra is supposed to uh, hunt its prey. It doesn't just chew you up. You know? Yeah. it was That part was really weird. But I will say, so in my notes for the scene, I wrote that, I'm quoting here, the CGI is amazing. So I, I think we have different ideas of what good CGI is. No, yes, you are wrong. No. You are absolutely wrong because that is the worst. I have never like they're floating like the chupacabra's not even touching the ground. Orquidea. Like he's fl- <laughs> like they're so CGI badly that they're floating. They look like they're fl- they're walking around on air because it just does not. It doesn't look like their legs are moving. It looks like it's a toy that, that they're moving around the screen. Yes, oh, it looks so like South good. Park. No, no, I hate, I hate it. Anyways, <laughs> the next scene, we go to the garage. Uh, one of my favorite lines from the scene is, when Gramps here beats you like a piñata. That was a good one. What? Was so good. No, absolutely terrible. So then, we're, <laughs> we're, this, is a, this is a scene where Eric Estrada gets on his bike, and he goes to this garage where um, we find out that he has a son that works at this garage named Tommy. And uh, from this scene, I was really confused because they really didn't do a good job of kind of introducing him a little bit. Like, I was like, oh, who's Tommy? I don't know. It From the scene, you can tell that this garage is run by gangs. It's a gang. It's a gang banger garage. So he takes his son, which we don't even know how he takes him because he's on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how does he take him back to the station? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> what did he do? He dragged him behind the motorcycle? Like, I don't understand. He just, you know, yeah. You do what it you, was, it, in Texas, you do what you gotta do. He got, okay, he, got, so he put him on a horse and took him. He put him on a horse. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So he takes him somehow back to the station to interrogate his son. Uh, they clearly don't have a very good relationship. It's very antagonistic. His son is very antagonistic against Estrada, obviously, because they're on two different sides of the law, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, Estrada shows him the Espinosa gang, and they're the gang that was killed by the Chupacabras. And he asks him, you know, why did your men kill? Because they don't know that the Chupacabras did it, you know, as if it's not obvious. Yeah. But... They were like, oh, it must be a rival gang. It must be my son. So who who did this? And Tommy looks at it and he goes, not who, but what? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's like, okay, whatever. 
Anyways, in the next scene, we go see a, uh, an eccentric veterinarian. Very, ex- really weird guy. He was really weird. He might have been my favorite character. Oh my god. Like, I think that he should have been in more scenes. <laughs> he was so strange. Yeah. And you find out that he was like, they br- Taylor and him briefly dated. Yeah. But why? Why did they give us that back? I don't know. It just it that backstory goes nowhere because we never see this veterinarian ever again. Yeah. Anyways, the vet is uh apparently at some point that they were able to grab one of the corpses of the chupacabra. I don't know which one they grabbed or who or what, but they grabbed one of them, and the veterinarian is examining it, and he goes, "This is no dog. This is no coyote. This is nothing I've ever seen." And he says that they tested this animal and that this animal is just is just chock full of rabies. Yeah. Just full of rabies. <laughs> I, I love that expression, like chock full of rabies. <laughs> Can you be like just a little bit, you know, just have a little bit of rabies in you? Like, <laughs> if you just have a rabies, smidgen. It's just chock- a smidgen of rabies. Yeah, just, just, just a little chirp of rabies. <laughs> No, these were like full, completely full rabies. <laughs> just, just he's like full on rabies mode. Yeah. So, and he does say, yeah. Oh, the vet does say that he's um, whatever creature they have is part of the canine family, and that the rabies has made it extra ferocious and strong. I don't know how the vet knows this from a, the carcass, but I, I don't know how. He, no veterinarian was is going to be like, oh, yeah, this creature's full of rabies. Well, now he's super powerful. How can we stop him? And you know, rabies doesn't look, doesn't work that way. Well, he, he, so he said um, extra ferocious, strong, and like a stronger sex drive. Did you hear that? Did he? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? I know that. Yeah. This chupacabra wants to fuck. Yeah. That's basically what he said. That's the scene we needed in the movie. That is the scene we needed in the movie. <laughs> these these chupacabras are here in Texas. They're horny yeah. and they're looking for blood. Yeah. God. It sounds like I almost said it sounds like me <laughs> when I go to Las Vegas. <laughs> are you also looking for blood? <laughs> Don't judge me. All right. Um, it's true. Sorry. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. You look for blood all you want. So anyways, that's when they actually say that this creature is a chupacabra. Up until now, up until now, they didn't really, people would hint at it. But Taylor's the one, the white girl, of course, is the first person who's like, you know, guys, I think this is a chupacabra. And of course, Erica Stra is like, what the fuck? Of course it's not, you know, mm. which is what everyone should be saying. Yeah. But even the other female detective who's in the room as well, she's just like, no, but for real, bra, I think it's a chupacabra. I really like that. So <laughs> it's like exactly how that scene went. Taylor was like, it's a chupacabra. Estrada went, no, you're dumbass. And the, the, the other detective was like, dude, chupacabra. Like, <laughs> yes. See? It was true. It was true. It's just like, what are you talking no about? Anyways, so it was nonsense. So then, cut to the police station. We go to the police station. They get, leave the veterinarian clinic, obviously, and it seems like there's uh there's reports coming in at the police station. Taylor's like sitting at a computer and she's looking at reports of a lot of dead people uh, having the exact same wounds all over their bodies that the Espinoza gang had and all these other, like, bodies start to turn up. Taylor posits a theory. I don't know how the fuck she got this theory, but it's crazy. Taylor Taylor jumps a bunch of sharks to get to this theory. <laughs> she, say, she posits that the Chupacabra must be using the cartel to migrate into the U.S. I think this is slightly bordering on racist. I was like, don't be racist, Taylor. Only because... It's the implication that these bad things are somehow being imported into the U.S. And to me, a better plot would have been that it's an escaped American experiment Mm -hmm. as opposed to somehow, you know, these Mexicans are bringing in these chupacabras, you know? (laughs) 
I think that's what makes it so like such a teacher mobuvi. You know? <laughs> Is it magic? Are you gonna use this in your classroom? I, I I think at some point I'm gonna use this one with the X Files episode. Oh if you pair Yes, I think that's actually a really good thing. I think that's a good because this one even though I think that's kind of questionable and I don't like this plot and mm. I think that it's it, it is bordering on racist, I don't think it's full on super racist because I don't think they, not as much as the X-Files plot, right? Yeah. When I think the fact that they're, they're so far apart when it comes to time-wise, like these texts were like, what, 20 years apart maybe? Yeah. 15? And it's still the same rhetoric. I still have to teach it. No, you do. I If you do, send me a fucking live stream of that shit because I would love to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, because it's just amazing. They were using, like, the Chupacabras were smart enough to use the smuggler's tunnel to get into the U.S. Like, why Why would they do that? Why would they leave Mexico? How did they find the tunnel? Uh, I don't understand. And Like... No, go ahead. I was just going to say, so one of my favorite reviews for the movie pointed out how illogical it was that the tunnel would connect Mexico to San Antonio. So because the border is like 150 to 200 miles away from San Antonio. (laughs) So it's not next door. You know, those chupacabras have to go a long way without food just to get to San Antonio when they could have just also crossed the border. (laughs) They could have crossed the border and not gone to San Antonio. Why San Antonio? Yeah. I mean, that's the best part is the Alamo, but yeah, they could have stopped in Laredo, McAllen, like anywhere else right across the border. I just cannot even. Ooh. And I, you know, it, I don't know. Te- again, I know nothing about Texas, really. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't really question where San Antonio was and like how far away everything was. I figured it was just all desert and it all looked the same. So it didn't matter. Until you point, until this was pointed out by, yeah, by, by you and someone else. And I was just like, what the fuck? Uh, whatever. Anyways, what's, what let's just that? move on. Let's just get into the next scene. Well, the next scene is a good one. Uh, you have a bunch of high school kids that are having a party to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I didn't know this was a thing. So, uh, yeah. So- I don't think it's a thing. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. I don't think, I don't think anyone... I've never, we're Latino. Yeah. Have you ever celebrated Cinco de Mayo with a bunch of your high school, like back in high school? No. And you're from Texas. Yeah. So stereotype number five or whatever fucking number we're on. They celebrate, teenagers celebrate Cinco de Mayo in Texas. Yeah, on their own. Like I feel like school sponsored stuff. Yeah. But there was never like a party with friends maybe like family parties i don't know this was really weird because it was like they were tailgating outside the high school yes outside the high yes. school too. they were outside the high school that's right i didn't even connect that orchidea so these why kids... were they outside the high school why are you hanging out as teenagers outside the school <laughs> i know drinking anyway so they're outside the high school partying because it's cinco de mayo um among them is Tiena, who's supposed to be grounded, but she's there. Erica Estrada's daughter. Um, and we also have her best friend, Brooke, and their two boyfriends. So one of my favorite moments is uh, Brooke's boyfriend goes to pee. And all of a sudden, so his face completely changes and the music changes. And you know, like, <laughs> the Chupacabra got him. And he, t- he turns around and he's just, like, bleeding where the Chupacabra bit his penis off. It was hilarious. <laughs> Okay, I'll admit, that was a great scene. It was amazing. It was a great scene. But my favorite part of the scene was before, right before the uh, his his dick gets bitten off, Brooke and her boyfriend say they should move to somewhere quieter. Like, it's all kind of, like, sexy-like. Yeah. Right? And she's like, oh, let's, let's get away from the party. And so they get up, and they move, like, five feet away from the party. They walk... Literally three steps to lay down on the grass, like literally feet away from the party. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I know. It was, I mean, I guess high school logic 
that makes sense, but... No, no, it doesn't even make sense in high school. Like, I don't think high schoolers are that stupid. Anyways, write down in the comments if you think high schoolers are that stupid. <laughs> well, after that amazing scene, everyone starts running away. Like, the chupacabras just descend on them and start eating all the high schoolers. Brooke and Sienna end up in the high in the school, so they go into the school to run away from the chupacabras, and they're trapped in there until um, Eric Estrada and a bunch of other cops show up to help them. That was a good one. That was an interesting... I was just like, they were trying to imitate one of the most iconic and one of my favorite scenes in uh, Jurassic Park, the first movie. Yeah. You know, with the with the, with the the dinosaur, with the um, raptor kind of moving into the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, they were trapped in a kitchen, like, underneath the thing. And then there's a fucking CGI chupacabra floating magically above, you know, the sink that they're hiding under. And you're just like, how did you not find them, chupacabra? And the, the chupacabras were, like, opening doors and shit. Oh, my. Yes, that's right. God, they don't even have thumbs. How are they doing this? So and they're full of rabies. They're full of rabies, Orquidea. Like, how are they functioning in any sort of capacity to like to think i don't understand anyways let's just get into the next scene okay. so, <laughs> it's just pissing me off so anyways uh we head to uh let's see what is the next scene so okay so this was a little confusing too again because we cut to the next day so the next day, we get back home and we see that Eric Estrada has left. Uh, he went to work and left Brooke and Sienna alone at home to recover from their very traumatizing chupacabra close encounter. So we then see a very bad CGI version of the chupacabra pack. And it's only a few of them going over a bridge. And I was like, where the fuck are they going? This is this is when I was like, these fools are thinking and organizing and they they went they're rising up <laughs> they are no they're like th we want to eat that specific person so they went to look for cnn brooke oh my god wait so pause everything for a second i just came up with the deepest analysis of this movie oh my god so <laughs> hear me out i'm a little scared Hear me out. Okay. So I think, no, I'm I'm taking back my, my last statement that this movie isn't like super racist. It is. And this is why. Okay. So if you super, basically you take out the chupacabras and you put, and you replace them with Mexican people. Mm -hmm. These are Mexican people invading. That's why they ended up at the Alamo. See? Because who were they fighting and who were they raging against at the Alamo? Who were the Mexicans fighting? Who was on the other side of the Alamo? The Mexicans. Well, in Texas. There. No, the Texans were inside. Yeah. So the chupacabras symbolize the savagery of the Mexican people. Oh, my God. So we shouldn't and be calling them chupacabras. It should be Santa Ana. Yes. Or no, no. I think it's just, it's just very racist. Anyways, I just came up with that and I, I like thought of it like right now. I was like, oh my God. That's why they made this movie. This movie's just propaganda against Latinos. <laughs> I think that's what sci fi was totally thinking. I think, yeah. I think they accidentally did this. Yeah. Like, I don't think they actually meant this. No. I think that this is a, a very good example of accidental racism yeah but also not yeah you know <laughs> anyways that's my hot take that's my hot take you you guys i love that hot take that's a good one okay sorry sorry to interrupt you but i just i it just came to me and i i had to say it say it to you anyways keep going sorry where were you oh you were saying where where are they headed like the chupacabras because they were on that bridge yeah so, so, so where are they headed? They're heading towards Brooke and Sienna. See, what the fuck are these chupacabras thinking? So they, they were like, we miss this bitch uh, and her friend. Yeah. And we got we to gotta go after her. Yeah. They're angry. Which, they're angry, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, so I have no idea. <laughs> Again, this doesn't make sense. How did this pack find them? How did this pack... 
decide to center, you know, why are they isolating them yeah. and, and going after them? Like, I have no idea. And it was literally the next day. Yeah. So anyways, another great line in this, in this whole scene is uh, Eric Estrada yelling, Chupa this! <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm telling you, this movie is really genius. Because there's also <laughs> some really good kill scenes here. So Brooke ends up dying. She gets bitten in the jugular by one of the chupacabras. And then... Oh, spoiler alert, they get into the house, yeah. by the way. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot that part. <laughs> <laughs> And so they get into the house, they, into they the house. bite. Yeah. Brooke is dead. Sienna kills a few of them with like a carving knife. One of them she puts into the microwave. So one of them is yes! a chihuahua size. And she puts yes, it into the did. microwave. That was a they, beautiful scene. They She throws it into, like how does he, I don't even understand. Like what is the size of these chupacabras? Like one second they're like kind of okay, like dog sized. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, they're chihuahua size, and that they fit into the, a microwave. I just—it's just maybe bananas. it was a baby chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Eric Estrada gets there, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He starts killing chupacabra. He helps Sienna and Brooke. By this point, is dead. She like bled to death. But yes. in the next scene, we see Tommy go to see his sister, and uh, Eric. Uh, at the hospital and they start talking about like what are we going to do about these chupacabra and Eddie's like we have to do some shit because we're not going to have backup until tomorrow and these chupacabras are going to kill everybody and Tommy's like fine alright I'll help you but I'll help you because of Sienna because I hate you dad we really hate each Ugh. other it's awesome it's great yeah what a great relationship um so we next this is so the culmination this is kind of where the climax starts to happen in the movie and this is kind of my favorite these are my favorite scenes because they're just so ridiculous so let's uh yeah so what happens next so then we have Eric Estrada's like okay I'll get the DEA folks but you have to get the gang members and I thought it was going to be like a shit ton of gang members uh, yeah, and it's just two guys and a girl. So it's Tommy, two of his friends, or three of his friends, that end up being the gang. So there's four people. How is that a gang? That's not a gang. That's just a group of hooligans. Yeah, uh, but they do agree. Tommy's like, we have to do this, and they're like, no, we're not gonna work with the cops. Blah blah blah, this and that. And Tommy's like, no, it's about my sister. We have to do it. And then one of them's like, no one hurts la familia. So they help him. Oh my God. And also, but God, I hate it. It's just like the the shittiest thing. The sh- I do love team apps, but my God, this was the worst team ups. My pet peeve about the scene and about like Lat- Lat- Latinx or Latino representation is the dropping of Spanish words randomly mm-hmm. throughout someone's sentence. So the bad accents in the scene, like, orale, like, you know, I could have done better gangbanger accents like I can do better ones and also so and then also what is it with everyone just accepting the existence of chupacabras like no one in this movie questions it except for Eric Estrada for a hot second and then everyone's like yep they're real but I think I I appreciate that because one there's a bunch of chupacabras running around so I imagine they've seen one by this point but even if they haven't like most of horror movies like most of the plot is one person trying to convince another that something is happening. So it's just them going, this is happening, and the other person going, no, you're crazy. This just went straight into it, and they were like, there's chupacabras, oh shit, yeah, okay, what are we going to do? I like that. <laughs> like, Okay, fine. It, it does break a trope, at least. Yeah. So you're just like, you know, totally hap- going to happen, there's chupacabras. So then we have the DAA guys working with Eric and... Um, the gang members and they go to the nest of the chupacabras to to ambush them which is again an unrealistic premise that gangbangers and cops are gonna work together somehow who knows anyways the next scene is they all you know took their cars and stuff and they arrive at a very abandoned and large well warehouse facility that I'm pretty sure looked really cheap to rent. I was just like, oh, that's why they went here. It's like, it's empty, it's abandoned, they just rented this place, great. They kind of split into two groups. 
I guess, two, like A team and B team, right? Mm-hmm. And you already know in, in kind of like horror or like movie tropes, one team's going to die and it's probably going to be the team that doesn't have Eric Estrada in it. Yeah. Let's say team A goes in and it's the gangbangers with Eric Estrada. And then you have team B, which is just the DEA bros. Uh, and they both kind of go into different parts of the facility. So no plan is ever explained. We don't know what the plan is for these guys, except to just go in in two different teams. Mm-hmm. And the DEA guys have complete like body suits. They have like armor, protected armor. They have helmets. Yeah. See? So I guess the only Texans who wear helmets are the fucking DEA. And they have and they gave the gangbangers and Eric Estrada nothing. You know, like nothing. Like they go in there. And they're not like, oh, you know, homie, like, we're all on the same team right now. So let's let's give you, like, better guns. Let's give you better protection. Let's give you better, you know, yeah. all this other equipment. Like, we're, we're a team now. No. They give them nothing. I was so mad about it. Racist. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the scene before this was, like, Tommy and his friend. They just started opening drawers in the garage. And there were like everything was full of guns. I'm like, this is the if the cops come here, these aren't even hidden. Like you're opening <laughs> you're opening the tool shed or tool storage and there's like guns on top of guns on top of hey, grenades. Hey bro, give me a fork. Give me a fork, bro. Oh no, no, that's the gun drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the wrench is in the other one. Yeah. <laughs> the wrench or the fork is in the other No no, no. <laughs> oh no, that's the that's the uh what is it? The explosive drawer. Yeah, yeah. Don't no. don't, don't touch that, that drawer. One. Don't mess with that one. <laughs> God, so dumb. That was I mean I, I I wasn't sure if we were how close we were to the end, but I was like, we're not at the Alamo yet. So I'm assuming this isn't gonna go well. And it doesn't. Like people just start dying. Because it turns yes. out it's an ambush the other way around. So the Chupacabras <gasps> have ambushed them and they're trapped. And this awesome scene where they're like the chupacabras are at the very like top floors, just looking down at them. So they start shooting up at them, and it's just raining chupacabras. Like they're jumping <laughs> down at them and being shot, and it's just like horrible, beautiful CGI. Like chupacabras going. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interpretation or or recreation of that sound, because it was. It, it was like just. Oh. I loved it. It was raining chupacabras. <laughs> so at, oh at this point, I was like, okay, they are in Texas. One of the stereotypes is that everyone in Texas has gun. Yes. And so I did a quick search, and like in 2013, there were about 28,690 machine guns legally owned and registered. So why were these chupacabras making it as far as they did? Honestly, the Texans would have just decimated the Chupacabras. I think so. Um, but then again, I don't know. I, just because you have guns doesn't mean you can beat Chupacabras. Obviously, they haven't That's in this movie, I guess, you know? Like, true. they haven't. So I, I don't know. Maybe they, they wouldn't be able to in real life. So uh, this was one of my favorite scenes. The Chupacabras raining down on, on the DA guys. So we were concentrating kind of on the DA guys for a little bit. Uh, and we cut back and forth between the two teams. So what the DEA guys start doing is they start like shooting up. The Chupacabras start falling on them. Uh, at one point, the two teams meet up and the DEA, <laughs> this is the funniest shit. As the DEA is taken out, there's a swarm of Chupacabras that kind of uh, congregate in the middle of the factory. Mm. And the gangbanger's like, watch this. And he takes one of the, the like a grenade and throws it into the, in the chupacabra <laughs> swarm. And they just all explode. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's so oh, good. man. And, oh, wait. Anyway, so Eric Estrada decides that it's too dangerous here uh, after the DA is completely eaten. And they head back to the, and they head to the Alamo. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they give an, an actual reason why they go to the Alamo. I think it's just, if you're in San Antonio, that's what you do. Like, it's, it, it's a magnet, really. You're drawn to the Alamo, no matter what's I going d- on. I don't understand. 
But anyways, what happens? This is the climax. Finally, we're getting to the end of this fucking movie. So we're at the Alamo. What happens in the Alamo? Finally, we get to the Alamo, which I was like, like waiting, so excited for this. And by this point, we have Tommy, Eric Estrada, Taylor, and I can't remember who else is still alive at this point. The people with names. So at this... I think, yeah, people with names, no one. Um, but the only uh, people that are still alive at this point is uh, some of the gangbangers. I think two of the guys. Mm-hmm. But sadly, La Chola. La Chola died at the at the facility, at the factory. That's true. So, okay. R.I.P. Chola, one, the one woman. Of the four people gang. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they end up going to the animal because that's where it's like the strongest place to hide makes no sense but it doesn't make any sense I guess fort, it makes no sense I guess the fort i guess it's not a museum though anyway so there they find a tour guide that eric estrada keeps calling crockett that helps him that helps him so wait so it's not a museum yeah yeah, yeah. now it's a museum oh it is a museum yeah. okay or like a historical so site. Okay, so that's what I thought. I mean, it is a historical site. So we see in this, in this, uh, I thought they made it all up for a second there. Um, but they do start destroying parts of the museum. And as a museum person, like as a museum, like someone who studied museums, it hurt my heart. I was like, oh no, history. <laughs> and so then uh, they get some antique guns. Uh, they break open one of the cases, get some antique guns. Uh, one of the cholos screams that the last time there were shots being fired from the top of the Alamo, his predecessors, or I guess his ancestors or whatever, were on the other side of the wall. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about, Orquidia. It's racist. Because <laughs> he points this out yeah. clearly. And it's like, oh, I see. So the chupacabras are really... In an anal- it's a metaphor mm. for for being they're Mexicans, mm. you know. But so I I but it's so I'm much deeper you. than that because you have Mexican Texans fighting against Mexicans like that's just brother against brother. That's <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> um. Anyways, same guy that screams this at the top of the wall dies. Yeah, he dies. And is eaten alive by the uh, by the chupacabras. Uh, most of the cholos do. So I think all the cholos do die at the end. Which, again, just leads more credence to my theory. Because none of the Mexicans really live. Except for Eric Estrada's family, I think. Yeah. Right? And the white guy. Yeah. The white people all live. The, the, the female detective lives. She's yeah, I know. Oh, is she Latina? Oh no, she. But the, she does get attacked. Yeah, though. she does get attacked. Yeah, so I'm just saying, all, all right. the white people were unscathed, untouched, and most of the DEA was was Latino too, right? Wasn't weren't they? I think so. I'm telling you, it's just just giving more points to my goddamn theory. Anyway, so there's a lot of unnecessary. So this whole scene to the end is just there's a lot of unnecessary running around the Alamo hiding from these CGI chupacabras at this point I just wanted it all to end I was just like all right let's get to it let's get to it there is a great scene though where Eric decapitates a chupacabra with an antique saber I was like fuck yeah Mm. and then we get to the end and they all decide that Basically, they ask Crockett, the Crockett uh, white guy, the, the tour guide. They're like, okay, tell us. Supposedly, there's a legend that there's some secret tunnels hidden underneath the Alamo that I guess the Texans fucking dug yeah. in the 12 days they were ho- held up in, in the Alamo. And the, and the Crockett guy is like, no, there's not. There's no tunnels. I love and then this they f- part. Ugh. Oh, my God. It was so dumb. They, they, he was like, oh, let's look at this book. Yeah. Oh, look. This book has a part where I guess no one else made the connection that there's secret tunnels underneath the Alamo. And they find secret tunnels underneath the Alamo. It's just so stupid. But they don't, they don't, they don't even, like, they, he opens, like, two doors. And the, the second door he opens, it's like a utility closet. And one of the b- walls is like boarded up, and he's like, "This is it. This is the tunnel." I'm like, "If it's boarded up, obviously people know about it. It's in a closet. 
this is not a hidden tunnel, my friend. No, no, you it's should have not. known about this if you worked at the museum. <laughs> he literally said, "I know this museum inside and out." Yeah, yeah. except for Ugh. this one boarded up wall. Except for this one boarded up wall, it's just like ridiculous. Anyways, they end up luring the chupacabras into the into these tunnels, and they just blow the fuck up. They just blow up the Alamo. Yeah. So fuck history, I guess. That was awesome. <laughs> I thought they used real pyrokinetic or pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics, yeah, pyrotechnics at the end of the scene or uh, in the scene because a lot of the explosions look real, real. Mm-hmm. So I think they did, but they also superimposed a couple of CGI explosions as well, and that was um, infuriating. <laughs> that was too much. It was too much. I was like, <laughs> just stick to real pyrokinetic or pyrotechnics so that. I so at least something looks real. Yeah. Anyways, that's the end, and that was a yeah. That movie was just phenomenally racist. Um, <laughs> I watched because uh, we missed out the last like maybe five minutes because this version didn't have the last five minutes of the movie. So I watched the Portuguese version that had it. I didn't understand it, um, and it didn't have subtitles but the last last part is they all go to um eric estrada's wife's um grave grave mm-hmm. yeah with like he and tommy are friends now so the family yeah i guess together. the chupac i guess the chupacabras brought everybody together yeah it's a, a they were good for something ending. i yeah a heartwarming ending i mean honestly it made no sense, again, because I did go back and actually watch the Portuguese version also. Mm. It made no sense only because what hap- What was What was the fallout of the whole situation? Like, yeah, they blew up the Alamo. Yeah, they blew up. First of all, they blew up a historical site. You know, like, yeah. there's going to be consequences. Yeah. Where was it that the place that we went on a tour? Do you remember? The National Historic registry or something we went on a tour when we were doing the smithsonian latino center yeah program they would be that office would be pissed <laughs> i'm sure they would have issues with more than that office but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, and then what happened to all the dead bodies like all the people who died you know with this poor fucking gang was just wiped out y'all yeah, four all three like, of them <laughs> all three of them <laughs> So the DEA is gone. Yeah. There ain't no more, you know? They're just like, is this world now is San Antonio like just run amok with like drugs and and all this other shit? I don't know. Anyways, there was a lot of things that they kind of tried to wrap it up in like this neat night nice neat bow, but there was a lot of unanswered questions at the end that I didn't understand. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to ratings, and I know I think we did this for like La Llorona episode mm-hmm. also, I'm gonna rate it a one monstra. Because overall, this movie was was not good. The plot made no sense. Why were these creatures so smart even if if they were just full of rabies? Why the Alamo? It just it just there was a lot of questions I had about this movie. Um, I did think I did enjoy Eric Estrada though. I did enjoy him. Yeah, and I think that's what makes a good movie. Like you're left wondering and really thinking about it for a while. So I'm going to give it three monstras. I thought it was really oh my God. good. <laughs> because the plot made no sense. <laughs> and for me, that's a positive. <laughs> like they didn't explain anything and they ended up blowing the Alamo. That that felt right. Because um, I just hated going there on field trips. I just hated it so much. Really? Yes. So fuck it. Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get rid of it. Who gives a shit? History. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, three monsters on my side. Oh my god. So F God damn you. So <laughs> <laughs> Why are you mad at me? Because <laughs> <laughs> you liked it. Okay, so I'll admit I kind of enjoyed it for it being a bad movie. Yeah. But if I'm judging it on, like, purely on, like, if you should watch it, if you should, you know, if I would recommend it, I don't know if I would recommend it. If you listen to this podcast and listen to the plot and everything, you probably, you got everything you needed. Like, you don't need to watch it unless you really want to see these very bad CGI chupacabras. Like, they're, 
Which is, they're great. I mean, if you want to laugh for an hour, totally watch it. Yeah, and yell, what? Yeah. <laughs> Every 10 minutes. Why are they doing that? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So anyways, let's end here because this was supposed to be a Minnesota, but my God, I don't think it, I don't think it's a Minnesota um, at all. But we do hope to do more movies in the future. So maybe we won't call them Minnesotes. Maybe we'll call them like uh, movie reviews or something. Mm -hmm. So please, if you have any recommendations of like scary or folklore, Latin, Latino like based movies, let us know in the uh, reviews and the comments. And also please review our podcast so we can get more exposure. So our goal is to spread knowledge of Latinx um, folklore, especially in a world that concentrates on ethnocentric stories. So help us spread some knowledge. And yeah, that's kind of the goal, which I should have totally stated like in the first episode, which maybe we did. We I did, don't remember. We totally did. Well, we should emphasize it okay. um, <laughs> at the end of every episode. That's kind of our goal. Yeah. You didn't know that by now. <laughs> One thing about this movie that I can say is that one part of Latinx culture did reach mainstream. Yeah. You know, the Chupacabras has been fascinating people for years now. And just remember its origins. Remember remember the Chupacabra. <laughs> Instead of remember, remember the Chupacabra. I yes. love it. Yes. <laughs> Anything, any last words you wanted to say before? Remember the Chupacabra. Awesome. See ya. Bye.